Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Pocket Postcard Podcast. I know that's a mouthful, guys. My name is Marissa, and I'm going to be your host. For those who don't know me, I have a blog. It's called One Crafty Girl, um, and it's spelled Crafty DIY because, you know, a girl's always trying to be punny. But basically, I started my blog a couple years ago to create craft content, and I wanted to make it a little bit more relatable, so I ended up putting in a lot of New England photos, travel thrown in there. That way people would see a beautiful picture of New England and slowly find their way into craft content. But in my pursuit of making people more crafty, I fell in love with New England travel and the community and how everything from the mountains to the oceans to the beach is like an hour drive. So here we are, fast forward a couple years later, and this has been a huge passion project of mine. I finally get around to doing it and I get my first host. So excited. Her name is Aubrey. She runs the Coastal Confidence and she's been so patient throughout this whole thing. Of course, when I started my podcast, um, I think it's been, I got the recording three weeks ago now. It's super embarrassing, but I tried to record it all through Skype. Computer crashed, microphone crashed, ended up using the actual sound for this podcast through a secondary recording on my iPhone. I know, it's baloney. But luckily, thanks to our tech crew, um, my lovely Instagram boyfriend, we've made a lot of improvements since then. So the next one is going to be amazing. However, the content of this episode with Aubrey is super stellar and you're going to want to stay tuned regardless of any technical issue. So thank you, Aubrey, for being so patient. everyone and welcome to the Pocket Postcard Podcast, where every week we'll be exploring a new beautiful area with a local entrepreneur. Combining business and travel insight, this will be your one-stop audio shop in order to make sure that when you travel there, you won't miss a thing. So before I bring on Aubrey and all of our technological issues, I'm pretty sure that you can hear me eating snacks in the background, but you can't hate a girl for loving her snacks. We'll work on that one for the next one. But so the pocket postcard so came from basically my love for postcards. When I was younger, my grandma, who is a world traveler with my grandfather, would go to all these beautiful places and send us postcards from her journey. So on the front of it would be the beautiful place of where she was. So, you know, she went to the Taj Mahal was a beautiful picture of the Taj. And on the back was her handwritten note about her experience and everything that she did that day. And so with the postcard podcast, I'm hoping that it's a travel guide that is a little bit more. So while it teaches you something about the location that you're going, it's kind of like hearing about it from a friend. So I love everyone in the New England community because they have a unique perspective and Aubrey is no exception. She has a unique perspective on everything to do there is to do in Connecticut along with her as an Instagrammer. So that's why the first part of this podcast is actually about her experience as a content creator and entrepreneur and also new homeowner. So a lot of her content is going to circle around that and a lot of her experience is going to circle around that. So that's why I'm trying to combine those two things, teaching you about something that one of our guests is passionate about and also their location, what they love to do and how you're going to love it when you travel there. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Aubrey and all of her experiences. And hopefully, if you listen really close, you can hear me eating snacks. <laughs> so without further ado, I'm going to bring you Aubrey. My name is Aubrey. I am a New England lifestyle blogger on the Coast of Confidence, which focuses on capturing the New England charms and traditions of our lifestyle. And with that being said, we capture everything from seasonal style to New England sporting events and all the way just to blog advice and what we call letters from the editor which touches on life topics um and i'm really grateful to have a good team with me i have my sister who helps me with videography and my boyfriend matt who helps me with capturing content and with the three of us we basically just try and travel around connecticut and provide insight into the events and the lifestyle going on here great so I mean, I love your blog. I go there all the time for styling tips and what's going on in New England. And one of my favorite things that you are doing is you're doing a fixer-upper for your house. So you just bought a house. So tell us a little about that. 
So I feel like my whole career has been leading up to this point. (laughs) I love home interiors. And if you just look at my feed, and I think this is really important if you are starting a blog, is to think about what your readers are engaging with. So the two top performing pieces on my Instagram and just my blog are always New England homes and then relationship content. So with that being said, I knew when we were looking to buy a house that I really wanted to buy a house that needed restoration or help. That way I could kind of bring insight into that field along with combining our two most popular topics, which are New England homes and relationship. So on that video series, we're going to have new videos every Saturday around 4 p.m. on our YouTube channel. And we are basically gutting the entire house. It's a 1950s cape. um, And it's really cute. And it's in an area that we love. And again, it's really hard. I mean, I'm only 24. So coming out of college and having to buy a house, I mean, Matt and I were in Dallas for two years. And after seeing two years of apartment rent go out the window, we just felt like, okay, now that we're back in Connecticut and we really want to stay here, it's time to invest in property. And with that being said, being this young, we could only really invest in property that needed a lot of work. Um, So I am really excited to bring everyone along for the journey and just to like advocate for the idea of purchasing a fixer upper because it can be so overwhelming. Like, where do you even start? And we're going to cover every from what to know about buying a home and all the way to contractors to plumbing and even architectural plans so we have a lot in store and I'm really excited that's amazing because I'm also so I'm 26 and I totally feel that I live in Boston the rent is bananas and it's so nice to especially tell other people who are in the same you know shoes as you that Having a home that's like New England and iconic and charming is totally attainable. It is attainable. And I mean, you're going to have to put in the work. And that is just like anything else. Anything that you want to make your own, you're going to have to put in the work. And it is going to take some time. And as long as you're patient with that process, it's totally doable. And I think really smart, especially now um, there are so many homes for sale in Connecticut. So you can really get a good deal. So also just watching the housing market and looking into that a little too, which we'll cover as well. But Boston, that is a popping housing market (laughs) so um yeah you'd have to definitely do your research there yeah I'd have to save before I was even born so we're not even gonna think about it (laughs) like my bonds should have gone like straight to the housing market and I still should have bought in 1992 so it is it is so hard I mean I'm a finance major and a marketing major and I will advocate for anyone going to college if you have room in your schedule for a finance minor, please do it because the amount of information I use for my finance degree in the process of getting a mortgage and buying this house, I could not believe it was the most relevant thing I've gotten from my college career. So I would definitely say if you're in college and listening to this and there is room, take finance classes because just as you were saying with bonds and stuff, it is so helpful, at least knowing something about the housing market because it can get real confusing really quickly. Yeah, and that's really interesting too is that you started out as a finance major and a marketing major and obviously those two things are very pertinent to what you do now but they're not exactly the traditional route. No, they're definitely not. And I would never say that I was like a finance genius. I mean, it was very clear that I was just there for like the life skills. Um, I never wanted a career in finance. But with that being said, um, again, if you're interested in something and you're at college, I took every semester the maximum amount of classes. So you could take at my college four to six. And every semester I took six classes just because the information is really invaluable. Um, So if you have room or time, I would definitely put it there while you're already paying. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, especially if your university bills that way. Six classes a semester, you are a hustler, girl. (laughs) I like to stay busy. I'm like one of those odd people where if I have a lot of free time on my hands, then I'm 
not productive but if my schedule's like booked up then I'm super productive because I know like there's no room to like watch a few seasons of Netflix you know um so I kind of have to keep myself busy or else I'm anti-productive if that makes sense no and you know what that's a great tip because I especially as someone who's like freelance or self-employed because I'm definitely making that transition now um (laughs) thank you um but just like you said I mean it's I'm hoping that this grows to be something that people really love and admire but then it's also understanding that if you went to school for one thing and you love it that's great but you're not you don't have to do that forever and I think that's the part for me that was really hard to let go and then now as you said with the schedule it's like how do you schedule yourself so that you're the most you know and I efficient. always like to say especially with blogging because that's kind of where you started too I mean creating content you don't have to just be a blogger like like now you have a podcast, you know, now I'm moving into the housing market. You don't have to be one thing, even within the blogging community. Um, I never consider myself like a fashion blogger. I just really like the blog because it's a place where people can get value. But after that, I really want to like have an impact on my New England community. So you can take one thing and also switch it into something else, which is amazing as well. Yeah, I mean... You're never stuck, you know? It's true, and you know what? I think that's important in, as far as life goes and your career and your, you know, and having a blog is that you have to kind of grow with yourself and your audience, and that can be hard. Um, oh, but very I, hard, yeah. I think one of the things that you were saying before is, at least with creating content, kind of what you put out is you don't always, you aren't sure always how it's going to come back so I do DIY and then of course it's like everyone loves like this picture of a house that I posted and it's just funny because my brand used to be very DIY based and now everyone's just interested in like hey like where did you photograph that house oh I know it is funny and I do like the houses posting the houses of course they're beautiful and they're amazing but with that being said I do always caution content creators with just the Instagram aspect because of course a house picture performs great on Instagram but if there is just a house picture on my blog and no value then no one's gonna come to my blog and at the end of the day you don't know what's going to happen with Instagram I mean Instagram tomorrow could say okay you're not allowed to do any sponsored content on our platform I mean we have no control over Instagram as creators Um, so with that being said while posting houses it does great for engagement I will go out of my way to create content specifically for my blog as you do with all your DIY content because that's how people are going to find you through other avenues such as YouTube, Pinterest, Google and SEO searches which are all so important so I always advocate a lot of people have ditched their blogs and I did write a blog post why I'll never stop blogging which if you're a blogger you should read because it is so important to have that platform there just in case you never know look at vine like you never know and that is something i'll always advocate for creators because i would hate to see people get into a sticky spot with that no and it's so true because at the end of the day you want to have a brand that you own um because that's what's gonna you can take with you so that's i mean that's a great point um and I mean, even for me, it's like you got to always figure out new avenues to reach your audience and really connect with them. So I, you know, I read that post and I think that it's really pertinent. And I totally agree that if you're having, if you have a blog, it's so important to keep blogging because that's the only piece that belongs to you. Like all yeah, of that. And I'm always surprised that people read the blog. Like I'm always surprised because people will say like people aren't reading anymore. But lo and behold, people are still out there. They're still looking for blogs. There's a bunch of people who still really love um, email, like, newsletters. Um, And I'm always surprised about that, too, because I'm constantly trying to unsubscribe from, like, a million emails. Um, (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, I know I love Yankee. I look forward, and it's spam mail in my inbox. But So Yankee Magazine, which is, like, my favorite magazine for basically, it looks like you're jumping into a New England like extravaganza postcard and every time I pings in my inbox every morning I'm so excited to see like what articles they are 
And I think it's just, if, when you really connect with your audience, they're just so excited to hear from you. And then it's kind of like a skim. You're like, okay, what did Aubrey do this week? So that's a really good way to connect with your readers too, that I think people always forget. Yeah, no, I agree. So just overall advice, don't put all your eggs in the Instagram basket, I guess is what I was going for there. No, and I mean, hey, that's a great message, especially for people who are starting out and you see that you don't have a lot of readers and it seems like on Instagram, but that doesn't really translate to anything if you're not, if you don't have a blog. And it's so interesting because even now that I jumped into the YouTube space, which is a totally different Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. It's interesting, just like you jumping into the podcast, you'll learn a lot, um, which is always really interesting, but I will find YouTubers and they will have like 5 million subscribers on YouTube in a really active engagement. And I'll go over to their Instagram page and they'll have like 100,000, which in the eyes of Instagram could to some people not seem like a lot, but the fact that they have a million people on YouTube it like is insane. Like that is so hard to capture an audience on YouTube. So I also like, yeah, don't focus only on Instagram because exactly as you said, if you can make it on another platform, then go that way. I mean, Pinterest drives so much revenue too. People always underestimate Pinterest. Like, especially for what you do with DIYs. DIYs on Pinterest are like a haven. Um, so yeah, don't ignore other social platforms. They're all fair game. And it's just finding the avenue that like you connects most to your readers. Like exactly like you said, like, you know, for DIY posts, you're going to cater your content on Pinterest more to like craft and DIY and, and that avenue makes more sense. But for travel guides, people more might more relate to it, you know, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, just because I feel like the way that they show the pictures just seems to translate better. And people are going, like people are going to Instagram for a reason and people are going on Pinterest for a reason. And I feel like understanding what people are looking for is something I totally struggle with. But I think, you know, when you sit down and sometimes I sit down and like make an actual written list of I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this here. It's like content catering is so important too. It is. And just also looking at analytics analytics are so important like if you're confused at what you should be posting go to your analytics and even if what you said if houses are performing the best and they don't necessarily bring the most value well obviously show houses but then maybe bring value within the caption of that you know picture and it really is analytics are so important and that's another place a lot of people will either ignore or turn their heads from because it can be a little daunting and you always like Sometimes I'm kind of disappointed in what my analytics are saying because I would love to post, you know, more outfits. But if people want to see exactly that, more homes and more relationship content, um, then that's where we'll go because that's our job, you know, to create content for our community and inspire them. Um, and that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, I feel like that's a great message too. So I kind of like did it a little bit backwards because I feel like our convo was so good. I didn't want to like stop it to ask you any travel guide recs. Um, That is all good. (laughs) I am so excited for my travel recommendations. Oh my gosh, I am too. So, um, let's see here. So you're from, you're, well, you're not born and raised in Connecticut, but you were born Born and raised. Okay. Born and raised. So I was born, basically I've lived in Connecticut. I'll give you my little spiel real quick. Lived in Connecticut all the way from I was born till I was 18. I decided I wanted to go far away for college. I had, for some reason, no interest whatsoever in looking at colleges in New England at all. So I applied to colleges in California and in the South. I ended up going to the warmest college I got into, which was at the University of San Diego, which is where I discovered blogging. And uh, that has had such an impact on my life. And basically, I started my blog because when I was in school at San Diego, I was shocked. Um, 90% of the school, or I think 80% at the time, were in-state students, which meant everyone was either from the Bay Area, 
um, West Hollywood or just in the Orange County region. So for me, coming from Connecticut, a lot of them didn't even know what that meant. I actually got asked often if I had visited Stars Hollow, um, which is a real town in Connecticut. It's actually on the Warner Brothers set in L.A. Um, So with that being said, um, the first thing they would ask is, what is it like? And then the second thing they would ask is, do you have pictures? Um, so I started my blog, The Coastal Confidence, because I would take pictures of my life in California for my friends in Connecticut and pictures of Connecticut for my friends in California, which was the coastal part of the coastal. Oh, confidence. so it's more bi-coastal. It's not just East yeah, Coast, so which is really interesting. Yeah, so it started bi-coastal. Yeah, that's how it all started. It was about bi-coastal living and transitioning style and lifestyle because the lifestyles could not be more different. I can't imagine. Um, and being out there really allowed me to appreciate the lifestyle here. And I would always recommend if you have the opportunity to leave your state or your region, go do it. Um, I think it will bring a lot of insight into your life and whether you want to move back to that region or not. Um, so with that being said, by the time I was done with California, I was excited to go home. And as we talked about earlier, once I got home, Matt found out we were transferring to Dallas. So we were there for two years. Um, and now we are officially back. So I've been gone for six years, um, but I am back and so excited to finally connect more with my community here. Oh my God, are you so excited for New England Christmas? It's probably my favorite thing. I am so excited for New England Christmas. I was I would always come back for the holidays, but the sad part is Matt would have to stay in Dallas because yeah. he was working there. Um, so to have him back and like be in the holiday content because I love showcasing Matt. I just think he's awesome, um, and I'm really trying to get him more on the YouTube video because he is a personality in and of himself, and I'm really excited to share him with everyone um, and to have him here and actually participate more in the content creation process. Is is so exciting especially heading into the holidays <laughs> you know what's funny so my boyfriend just shared like he loves reddit which i guess is boy pinterest but oh yes <laughs> yes it is there yes. was a, there was a meme <laughs> on there or something it was like the more creative your girlfriend ever or every creative girl dates a funny guy and he's like wow i must be like really funny and i like was like that's weird and i was like oh he's calling me really creative like it was a compliment hey, but it's still so funny <laughs> i will say yeah, Matt always makes me laugh. I'd say 90%. When he takes my pictures, I'm, like, dying half the time. Um, and it's fun because people can take this career so seriously, and it can be so stressful trying to get the perfect spot. So to have someone, like, make you laugh or make you realize that, like, okay, it's it's a photo or it's a blog post um, is good, too. It's good. Those Instagram boyfriends, they really pull through. That's all I have to say. <laughs> they, they roll with us. I know. We're so lucky. Um, so yeah. where in Connecticut are you going to take us today? Okay, so we are going to go over central Connecticut and a little bit of southern Connecticut. And with that being said, I do have a lot of holiday-themed That's awesome. um, content as well, if people are interested in where they should head for the holidays in Connecticut. No, that's perfect, because I also, I haven't been to Connecticut that often. Um, my boyfriend has some family that lives up there, but other than that, I don't know anything. So I, too, am really excited for all these wrecks. Oh, get ready. I lo- I'm so excited. I love sharing tips and tricks for Connecticut because there is so much and I do think it is a little underrated. So I am here and I'm ready to promo. Perfect. So when people go to Central Connecticut, like what is the most attractive place that people go or like the highest attraction? So I would say if you're coming here for an event, you're going to our capital, which is Hartford, Connecticut. And in Hartford, we have the Bushnell Theater, which they got Hamilton, and they were very proud of it. So Hamilton the Musical is coming here this holiday season. That sounds Um, amazing. I still haven't seen it. I still have not seen it either, and I'm obsessed with musicals. Um, So the Bushnell is a great option if you don't want to go into New York. They have almost all of the shows come here, Um, and I still think they have some Hamilton tickets left, but they do have just a bunch of holiday shows, and as I said, all the Broadway tours come through here, so definitely the Bushnell. And then if you are into sporting events, the next big thing would be the Wolf pack um which is an american hockey league and they are the affiliate of the new york rangers they play in our xl center which is 
our community, like kind of a concert venue area. And they are an amazing team. It is such a fun time. If you are coming here on a date or just really like hockey, I would highly recommend because the tickets are pretty darn cheap. And they have a bunch of fun themed nights where it's like dollar hot dog night, $2 beer night. I mean, they really get into it and it's a fun time. So the Wolfpack is definitely worth a stop if you are in Connecticut. And then on that note, um, you can also go see the Yard Goats in the summer, which is our minor league baseball team. So we have a lot of, like, events. <laughs> what is a Yard Goat? Um, you get all that sporting. Yeah, why Yard Goats, I don't really know. And I, I, I really have no comment about the name. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I don't know why they went with Yard Goats either. <laughs> It'll but be a, a mystery for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Um, So that's that. And then if we're talking about holidays, which is my favorite time in Connecticut, um, we have so many light shows where basically they light up parks in Connecticut and you can drive through them. It's super fun. Most of the money goes to charities. um, And the best one would be in Hartford. And it is at Goodwin Park and it opens November 2nd, um, 22nd. And it's open all the way, I think, through the new year. And you can drive through the park and enjoy the lights and they have hot cocoa and that's really fun. And if you are headed to Southern Connecticut, I already have my tickets, but uh, Mystic does this really fun thing where they do lantern light tours for the holiday. And every year it's a different theme. Last year was the Christmas Carol and this year um, it's basically a lantern tour and it is set in the Christmas Eve of 1876. So it's like all period pieces and it's kind of like a walking play where you get to like walk and have hot cocoa and see um, like everyone dressed up in their period pieces. There's a horse drawn carriage. It is like as Christmas in New England as you can get. Um, and again, that's in Mystic, which is a really big stopping ground in New England in Connecticut. So I would highly recommend looking into that if you want like a cute date night or like an activity where you can really engage that sounds awesome I mean I know I always drive around like looking for the best Christmas lights and knowing where to get them that's perfect ahead of time so where would you say like lights are the best I know where's your favorite place to eat okay I I really thought about this question because there's so many good ones. It's a so hard one a and it's an okay? important one. <laughs> yeah, so the number one, if you're coming to Connecticut, Central Connecticut specifically, you're going to want to go to Shady Glens. This is definitely a hidden spot. It's off of Route 44 in Manchester, Connecticut, and it is a kind of a diner um I don't know the period. It is like a period diner. So it's very retro. Think of Riverdale. Oh, um, perfect. Watch Riverdale. It's like that. Um, there's neon lights. All the waitresses are in um, period kind of outfits. And they have been on the Food Network several times because they are famous for their cheeseburger. It's a very small menu. They only have like 10 things on their menu. But their cheeseburger has this cheese that is a special cheese that they fry. So they basically put the cheese on top of the cheeseburger and they flip it over on the grill. So like the cheese is the cheese part is on the grill, I think. And it like fries into like a crispy cheese, like slice. And it is the most delicious thing ever. It is really iconic in Connecticut. It has been a long around for a very long time and they also make their own coleslaw and they make their own ice cream so that is by far the number one spot i would recommend if you want a good burger and you're driving through connecticut um and again it's been on the food network several times as like one of the best things i've ever eaten um shows so somewhere there's like a video of guy fieri eating it yeah so you can like (laughs) google it and you can kind of get your own feel like yeah go on youtube and google it and you can see it is so good but they are cash only and i do want to preface that because i never Mm -hmm. I never travel with cash. Yeah, so they are cash only. The next thing is if you're going to Hartford, um, which is where I'm going to recommend a lot of 
the activities I recommended were in Hartford. You're going to want to go to Max's downtown. So the Max's is a chain of restaurants um, or a group. I don't even want to call it a chain because it's just in basically Connecticut. And I think they have one in Massachusetts. But they have a ton of restaurants and they have a restaurant called Max downtown. Again, it is a local group and they have amazing food all throughout Connecticut. Um, but that is the best restaurant I would recommend in Hartford. If you're going there for the Bushnell or an activity is Max downtown. And then if you are driving um, to Mystic, my final food recommendation is going to be the Oyster Club. Um, I love seafood, and this is a good restaurant because I love seafood, but my family doesn't. <laughs> so they have really good seafood, but they also have really good like turkey dishes and dinners, and it is probably the best restaurant I've been to in Mystic. And again, since that is a really big stopping ground for tourists in Connecticut, I would highly recommend the Oyster Club. There's nothing like a good New England seafood, too. And my family's the same way. They could, like, live without it. And I feel like I could eat it every day of my life. That's how I am. I've always loved seafood. And um, Dallas had none. So now that I'm back, I, like, want seafood nonstop, basically. And the Oyster Club is definitely, like, a safe zone for Matt and my family because I can get basically any kind of seafood and they can also get any kind of dish. Um, so, yeah, that is definitely the best, I think. Best, um, like, sit-down seafood and mystic. Perfect. So then would you consider that, like, is it kind of like a best kept secret or no people so know So best about it? kept secrets. I have those for you too. Ryan Deli. Okay. This deli is in, um, I think it's in Vernon. It was built in 1972 and they are, it is the best. It's right off 84. Um, and I love this deli. You just go in, you're automatically seated, and they have so many options. They're famous for their pickles. Um, that is by far the best hidden secret. And again, if you're traveling from Massachusetts, you're probably going to drive right by it. Um, so that is a stop I would highly recommend is Ryan's Deli. And also, they have so many famous people that have stopped there. So that's fun to see too because you'll see all their pictures and all the other people who have been to Ryan's Deli. So that is a definitely a best kept secret along with the public house which actually isn't in Connecticut. It's on the line of Massachusetts and Connecticut and I would highly recommend it. again if you're heading to Connecticut to stop at the public house. It's actually an inn but it is a historic in um, Sturbridge Village and they had the best chicken pot pie okay. and turkey dinner. So if you're in the mood for a Thanksgiving dinner and don't feel like cooking, I would highly recommend going to the public house oh which God. is again on the line if you're coming into Connecticut. Anything for a good potato honestly. <laughs> literally literally anything i know so then um where is your favorite place to take pictures like what's a really like beautiful spot in connecticut so by far my favorite place to take pictures would have to be in the summer mystic connecticut um it is just so photogenic. A lot of my pictures come from Mystic, Connecticut, um, and they have so many activities that you can do there, and it's really walkable, and there's a ton of historic homes. And the thing I love about Mystic, Connecticut, shout out to them, or their historical society, is that not only did their historical society write the name of the person living there and the date of the house, but they also wrote a list of their jobs that they had while living there in the time period so you'll walk around and you'll see everything from like reverend number three to you know doll i saw one guy that was like a dolphin communication and i was like what is a dolphin communicator i need to know and what did he do in 1872 um so, it so it's like really an, it's an 1872 linkedin yeah basically i'm like what is going on here and they <laughs> They had such a, a really flourishing community down there. So I would definitely say Mystic, Connecticut, if you want to get knowledge of the history and you want to get house pictures and really see that quintessential look in the summer, 
go to Mystic, Connecticut. And again, that's close to Rhode Island. So if you're, I think it's Route 1. So if you want to do like a coastal New England getaway, definitely go Mystic, Stonington, Rhode Island. You'll be in March Hill in a hot second. And that is definitely something you should do at least once in your life. It is stunning. And then if you are coming here for fall or holiday, you need to go. This is not in Central Connecticut, but I'm just going to tell everyone. Litchfield <laughs> County, that's where you need to go. Um, they really decorate for the holidays and... And they have a ton of antiquing, if you like that. So that's where I would recommend, if you want holiday shots, go to Litchfield. And if you want the Instagrammable summer shots, you're heading south to Mystic. Perfect. I mean, I love a good old item. So I like, I feel like, and it's such a weird thing too, because I feel like as millennials, people categorize this one way, but I love an item that's kind of old. It's like a treasure, but it also I can't buy it at like Home Goods because it's was made like 50 years ago. I don't know if it's like a especially, New England charming thing yeah. or especially with home decorating, especially as we're getting into the our house series, it is so important to have like little items to really create like a scene or like a set in your home. And it can get expensive going to even places like home goods in the end of the day. Like it can all add up. Um, so I love going to the antique stores, especially since it is a Cape and they have so many like coastal items. Um, so yeah, I always recommend definitely if you like antiquing to take a ride through Connecticut cause you can find some great stuff. It's perfect. And then, um, Let's see here. What else have we gone over? Ooh, what would you do if you wanted to do more outdoor activities? Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not like a big outdoor person, which sounds horrible. But if you want to do outdoor activities, I would definitely go skiing um, at Mount Southington if you're in Connecticut. Um, or the one really big outdoor activity that I love, which is basically seasonal besides winter, is um picking like of fruit locally so we have apple picking in the fall we have berry picking starting in may and it goes all the way berry and pears are all the way i think through september and then in september we hit apple and then in october we hit pumpkin and then um now we're obviously done it's november but that is by far my favorite outdoor activity in connecticut we have so many in central connecticut so so many farms where you can come and pick your own fruit i would highly recommend if you're in central connecticut go to glastonbury they have several farms um where you can really pick your own fruit and not only does it make a great photo op but it's also just a really fun day and you walk far i mean these farms are huge so you do get a lot of exercise perfect yeah to work off those (laughs) work off those caramel apples yeah totally actually one of the things that i sorry i actually had to just throw my cat in my room because he's like been biting my feet I can't he's like perfectly good angel until I need to be doing something I don't know what that's about so (laughs) what I did want to um q2 was um so there's a lavender field isn't there there's one in Connecticut I've always wanted to go have you been (laughs) several times okay I actually did a YouTube video and I have um So I did a YouTube tour of the farm, and then I also have two blog posts that I've shot there. That is in Essex, Connecticut, which is actually the town I'm going to recommend if you are heading to Connecticut as a couple and you want a getaway. Um, So Essex, Connecticut has so much to offer. Um, That is on the line. It's in Killingworth, I believe, the lavender farm, and it is stunning. It isn't like a full-day activity, but you could definitely waste like a good hour there. It's free, so you just walk right in. It is called um oh god a lavender pond oh my god. um in killingworth the lavender pond the woman that runs it is so sweet and you walk in there's no charge to get in um but she does have a store where you can buy some amazing products that sounds lovely i mean i know that everything that i like all my lotion everything is lavender and i can't imagine how good it smells like in a giant field 
it smells so good and there's so many bees too which like i'm not a bug person but for some reason it is just so calming seeing like all this lavender and all these little bees like floating around and there's so many butterflies and it is a very like a very relaxing place and the nice part is is the woman is so sweet that she set it up so it is free and there are like picnic benches and plenty of room for people to come and eat lunch there's always people painting um painting like the lavender farm so it is really open to the public and definitely so kind of her to do that that she doesn't charge an entry fee to the fields i know that's so lovely i feel like it's the most zen place you can be as an instagrammer too you're like i just know i'm gonna get the photo right there's no way it can be bad (laughs) oh i know i feel like yeah yeah I get that way with um, sailboats. Whenever there's a sailboat, I'm like, there's no way this could go bad. Um, But summer content, I think, is definitely the craziest time to create content in New England because it is just stunning when you start heading towards those coastal towns like Essex, Mystic, Stonington, all of them. They're just gorgeous. Come summer, there's there's no bad photo op. It's so true, and I feel like every year when it becomes winter, after Christmas, I'm like, what am I going to take a photo of? <laughs> I know. Every, I will say the bleakest time to be a New England inf- uh, Instagrammer or influencer is definitely um, February to March. Yes. Um, February to March is so hard. But this year, I like am really going to try and power through it. And I'm going to try and head north because I've never done any Maine content. <gasps> oh, my um, gosh. I can I give you recs for days. I love Maine. So I'm going to have to listen to your podcast. You're going to have to get a main influencer on here because I have no rec. I, I need recommendations. Um, so that's where I'm going to try and head this, um, like January, February, because yeah, it can be, it can be rough capturing content, especially because in Connecticut, we'll either have a ton of snow or it will melt quickly. Yep. And then I think spring is is a lovely time and about, I feel like every other region except New England doesn't do spring the best. Like, fall, winter, like, definitely summer we can do it. But, like, I don't think anyone talks about the fact it's kind of just muddy. And it's it can be lovely and cozy, but it's not, like, picturesque. <laughs> oh, it is so muddy. I mean, last year I decided, okay, it is so muddy that I'm just going to book a trip to Charleston. And my mom came with me, and we shot all of our all of our April content last year in Charleston because it was so muddy in New England. Um, but with that being said, I'm really trying to make 2019 like my personal goals because now I'm going to get real personal is to try and keep all my content on the blog and my Instagram only in New England. So it's going to be a challenge once I hit February to April. But um I feel like there's still so much I haven't done that like when I go to Charleston or Dallas that I feel like I'm like opting out of other options that I should be exploring. So fingers crossed here I can find some cute spots. But yeah, it gets really muddy and I mean, and you never know. It could be April and you could get a snowstorm. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, well, Let's see. Um, What else? Do you want to share anything else? I mean, you've covered okay. so much, but I feel yeah. like you still have I'm more rats. i share some more stuff because I'm just so excited. Okay. I just love it. I just love where I live, and I hope everyone has a chance to come visit. Um, Connecticut is such a special place, but on that note, if you are visiting, you're going to want to stay at a hotel. So there are a few options. We have the Goodwin Hotel in Hartford, so if you're going to an event, Um, Stay there. It's a boutique hotel and it's so nice. So that's your option for Hartford. But we have some big news going on in Connecticut. Get ready, everyone. Um, We had a Hallmark movie here and they filmed in a town in central Connecticut called Old Weathersfield. It's a historic town. And they actually have an inn in Old Weathersfield called the Silas W. Robbins Bed and Breakfast Inn, and it was built in 1873, and it is in the Hallmark movie. Um, and they basically came in, uh, the Hallmark team came in October, and they brought in snow, they brought in Christmas trees, they brought in wreaths, and they decked this in out. It is such a cute place, and the Hallmark team did an amazing job. So if you are a Hallmark fan, definitely check out that movie. It comes out the 24th. Uh, of November. So it comes out this weekend. Um, Um, And we are so excited. They basically took this 
little, little town in central Connecticut and turned the whole thing into like a Hallmark um, stage. And it was fantastic. But if you are in the area and you want to stay in a historic town and, and in a historic building, that is the end you're going to want to stay in and just know that it is famous now because it's made it to Hallmark. Um, That's and amazing. Do you know what the, what the movie's crazy? called? Yes, yes. I wrote it down for everyone. I actually have a blog post going live on Friday with all the details Ooh, about it. But um, I believe it's called Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane. Sounds lovely. <laughs> so get excited. <laughs> and it's on the Hallmark Mystery Channel, um, which is one over from the Hallmark Channel if you have cable. But yeah, so that should be really exciting. And that was really exciting for that town. Um, and i I'll be sharing more pictures from how they transformed the town in fall, in the peak of fall into Christmas. It was really interesting to see how they did it. Um, But so that is where I would recommend staying. And if you are headed to Mystic, you're going to want to stay on the Spicer Mansion, which is historic as well. And that was built in 1853. It's really cute. It's a really romantic spot. They have like little bikes with basket um, with woven baskets so you can bike around Mystic and that's definitely like the best for couples getaways. I feel like um, a lot of people so get married there, favorite. right? What? A lot of people get married there. Yeah, I get like, it's so odd to me because I never, I've never seen a wedding in Mystic and I'm in Mystic all the time, but everyone from outside of Connecticut says that so many people get married there. So I know a few people that have, um, from Massachusetts got married in Mystic, um, and have stayed at that inn, but I haven't been in it, but it is just stunning from the outside. So I can only imagine it would be perfect, um, for a wedding and Mystic is just photogenic so photogenic in general. Um, but that's kind of my tip if you're trying to come here and stay. And then besides that, I would say if you are coming for a good time, you should either go towards Southern Connecticut and head towards Norwich. We do have a few casinos in Connecticut. Um, so I have been to many a 21st birthday party um, at these casinos. So there's Foxwoods, which also has an outlet, which is amazing for Black Friday shopping because it's our only outlet indoors in Connecticut, um, which is prime because it is so cold doing Black Friday shopping outside. And then there's also Essex, Connecticut, where you can stay and walk and antique. Um, And always I recommend, okay, so if you're coming to New England, you're listening to this podcast and you want to see the pictures that Marissa posts and I post of these old homes, you have to go to a main street. So if you're in a town and you're looking like, where are these old homes that these people are always posting? I always find them on main street. Um, and Main Street Mystic is beautiful, Main Street um, Essex is beautiful, Main Street Glastonbury is beautiful, I'd always recommend. I don't know, do you find that too in Massachusetts? No, I do, and I find, it like, for example, uh, a lot of people don't under- realize how beautiful uh, Charlestown is. Um, oh, it, there's yeah. a part of it that's really lovely, and I think, you know, you're right, and I, I don't really think about it that often because I think... A lot of times I'm like, ooh, I got to go down the street and see what's there. But more often than not, like the historical beautiful homes are like on the best piece of real estate. So they're going to be on the main street where the old store is because like that's how houses used to be. They used to be close together because no one had cars and they used to be close to the water. And, you know, so they ha- yep. I feel like they're always in the main center and I never really think about it, but you don't have to look too hard to find them. Yeah, I always say, because I'll get a lot of emails from people coming here to leave peep, and I'm always just like, go to the main street, and then from the main street, just drive it until you see a sign that says Scenic Route, and once you see a sign that says Scenic Route, pull over and start walking, and you will pretty much find these historic homes that you're seeing us take pictures of. Um, And again, there are, I would agree with you, when I'm going to take photos, I will drive down all those side streets. But if you are coming and you just want to walk around and see historic homes, I would definitely recommend um, just going to Main Street. And in fact, my parents live in a historic home and they, our town does a, um, a tour of historic homes, which they've been a part of before. So if you're really coming to New England for the history and that, you can also look into historical societies that towns have because I think the one, the Mystic Lantern Light Tour is actually 
the historical society, something they put on. Um, so if you are interested in that, definitely look up the regional historical societies because they do a lot of work and they have so much information. It is so crazy just to see like how these people lived and who lived there. And they have so much information on that. I feel like that's a really good thing to do. I've always wanted to go on one of those home tours and I feel like I'm so often overlooked, but I feel it's, it translates the love of people like looking on our feed and being like, wow, that's a beautiful house. And then you can actually go inside and learn all about it. So yeah, I it's a crazy. definitely do that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's interesting also like little history background here, but there is a community um, in central Connecticut too, that's called East Haddam. And it is a very small town, just like old Weathersfield. And they were in the 1870s as well, all their homes down there. And they're on the Connecticut river. And I'd say there's about seven historical homes there. And those seven homes with those seven families built boats that traveled to the West Indies. That's wild. The USA. Yeah. And it's wild. It's wild. And you can see like their tavern where they ate lunch. You can see like where the captain lived, where the sailmaker lived, where the carpenter lived. And to think that all these people built their homes here in 1870 and built a sailboat that sailed that far is crazy. It is crazy. And it's really cool to see how they lived because I feel like a lot of homes now, it's like you have your kitchen and your living room, but... You know, and I actually watched your uh, your new YouTube video on your Fixer Upper series, and you basically were like, this is where they put the milk for the milkman. It's like, I love New England homes because they're so old that they were built before these little quirks are irrelevant almost, you know? It It is so funny. And, like, my parents' home, it's – the home I bought is from the 1950s, which is historic, but my parents' home is from the 1800s. And it's just even funny. Every side of the home has a door to the outside. So there's four, like, exit doors in the front <laughs> part of the home. And it was because, like, the important people came through the front door, so no one else was allowed to use the front door unless you were, like, someone of importance or, like, status – even in your own home. And then the side doors were basically like, if you wanted to like peace out, if someone came in that you didn't like necessarily <laughs> agree with. And I was just like, I love that. Like this house had exits. Like basically like if someone comes over and you like want to dodge them, you can literally ghost them. Just walk out any door. Like every room had an exterior exit. I was like, can we bring that back please? I feel like your parents is raising to like, teenage daughters that must have been really fun for them too but <laughs> i know that's just like you know my mom is like any suitor that you don't like just literally deuce right out the side All door right, bye no that's amazing that's so funny see it's like in those <laughs> so little quirks is, you don't get anywhere else yeah yeah and to think like because i was like why are there so many doors um and, and i went to the historic society and that's what they said and i was like that's genius oh you went to the, the historic society and asked yeah, so they basically come and they do research. I mean, they have so much information. They do research on all these houses, and they'll tell you, like, what, I mean, there is basically even um, granite, like, a granite lift in, in the front of our house. And my parents were like, what is this? And they basically said, like, oh, it was because the people were so short. And to get on their horses, they needed, like, a step. So they basically put, like, a big granite like stone so that they could step on the stone and then step on their horse like right in front of the house so it's just like interesting I mean they do they're really involved in the town that we live in and I know they're really involved in like Missick and Essex um and they have a lot of information so if you like history definitely definitely look into the historical districts in the town and they do do they do tours and it is a really cool thing to get involved with um within your New England community really cool and also have you ever done any posts on your blog about like the history behind the homes I have I've done a few um history posts I want to do more but I also want to respect everyone's privacy and I've also totally. you know I don't know like you post pictures of homes too I try and tag like the general area but I don't want to like tag a home and someone see their home and you know because the internet is so such a public area um so I have done history on homes that are open to the public that anyone can tour um they have a lot of them they have one in Weathersfield um which is tied to a book called the 
witch at Blackbird Pond um, because they did do some witch trials, I guess, in Weathersfield. So there's that little tidbit. Um, and so I have done for public homes, but I try and not do private homes just because I don't want anyone um, to have information out there that they don't want. No, and you know what? That's a great point, too. I mean, I actually... Um... I used to put the town because my town is like so big that it's like you either live there, not big, but it's you either know where the house is or you're not going to find it. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so I used to put, you know, the specific town and now I will do an area because I've had people inbox me and ask me where the house is so they can drive by. And to me, I'm like, that's not like, like, I'm glad that you like the picture that much. Um, yeah. But like, I was really <laughs> taken aback by like, you know, I was like, you know, just go like go down any main street and you'll say beautiful historic homes. But like asking where a specific one was, I was like, oh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely gotten even. And again, it's kind of one of those things where I don't think people always realize what they're putting out on the Internet. Totally. But I've had even other people, um, I'll post a picture and I'll say, oh, this house is in the general area of this town and someone will comment with the address of the house what and i'm like what are you guys doing like i have to delete it because i'm just like um or they'll know the person there and they'll be like oh it's in this town it's on this road in the comment section um so i always have to like monitor my comments pretty closely um because exactly that i don't know the person that lives there and i don't know if they want that information information out now i've had people that have lived in these homes that i've taken pictures of dm me and ask me if they can have the picture i've taken um and i always say yeah let me email you over a high-res copy and that's awesome if they love the image i shot up their home and they want it um but yeah i think really being conscious of that too even being a creator, but just not even being a creator, being conscious of what you're posting and other people's privacy, because, you know, I wouldn't want people driving by my new house and saying, oh, she lives on this street. You know what I mean? Because you never know. It's it can get it can get weird real quick. It's so internet. true. And I feel like the Internet, it's true. It's like there's a little bit of an there's definitely like a boundary. But because there's a boundary there of us, like. You know, I this is our first conversation we've had, but I feel like I know things about you because yeah. I follow you in your blog, but there's still this barrier of, like, I've never met you before. So I feel like it is interesting because people feel like it's almost a little bit more casual, but it sh almost should be a little so bit more casual. formal. Like, you don't, you don't necessarily know. know me, but it's, like, all these interesting private questions. But I feel like photographing historic New England homes, it's a good point. It's like, how do you respect someone's privacy, but also capturing, like, the essence of New England and sharing it in a way that people want a high-res photo of their house? Yeah, and I even heard, someone told me, I forgot who it was, but there's this picture in, I think it's Vermont, of this farm, this fall oh that my God, everyone stop. went to. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know that farm, because I swear, and it's I, like a sunset in Boston. It's like... My boyfriend and I always joke, if there's a rainbow or a sunset in Boston, it's like, okay, let's go on Instagram. Let's count how many photos there are of it. And I think it brings up a good point because you're right. It's so beautiful, but it's one of those things where I almost feel like they're their home is now like a tourist attraction. Yeah, so I heard that they had to put up security and a gate. So they have security cameras now and a gate because people were driving like they had a lot of property, but people were basically driving right up to their house. Um, and I was like, that just shows you like how cautious we have to be when posting. Because of course I want people to know this is what New England has to offer. But on the flip side, I don't want anyone else to feel like they have the burden of now, you know, having tourists pop by because no one signed up for that. Totally. And I think, you know, the message is when you take a picture of a beautiful farm like that, it's like, that is a beautiful farm, but there are a hundred others like it. And this is just capturing some of the things that you could find if you drive around. So I feel like exactly. it's interesting when someone asks me where a specific house is, because to me, I'm like, like, and I'm sure you feel this way in Connecticut is there are so many beautiful houses. Why? There's nothing like this is a lovely house, but I swear if you drive around, you'll find 10 others that are just as lovely. Exactly. And, and exactly. That's what I say. Go to Main Street, start driving. When you see a scenic group, pull over, start walking, and you, you'll have a ton of homes. 
Um, and hopefully just respecting everyone's privacy is the goal. It's true. And is there any tips and tricks you'd say for like photographing New England homes that you find or? Oh yeah, I got some good ones. Okay. So definitely I always recommend whenever taking pictures in general, um, of people, I always recommend like the proposal stance. So kind of get down on one knee, like you're going to propose and shoot where the lines of the home are. Um, and by getting down that way, you're kind of like even with the land and you're steady. Um, and then shoot like, so if the home has a peak, shoot in the middle of the peak if you're home if you're trying to shoot just the front of the house either go for the door or go all the way to the edges um and I think it all comes with practice as well and then I always say like because when I started off I know Marissa you you started off too a while ago it can be so intimidating but also defeating if you take a picture and then you're like my picture doesn't look like these other New England creators. With that being said, know that everything's well, that still also edited. <laughs> Everything is edited. Everything is filtered. Um, and I can remember getting so upset. Um, I mean, everyone can scroll back to my feed. I was never a good editor, but now editing is like one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd always say play around with editing your photos as well when taking pictures. I mean, I never really changed the color or anything, but being able to, um, I'll kind of highlight the home and I will turn up the, um, or turn down the black so that you can really see the grains in detail, um, and really see the clarity of the home. So I'd also say if you're a blogger and you're not in Lightroom, I would highly recommend playing around with it and, um, oh, Lightroom is that. my favorite and I feel like it's so easy to use. Um, it's so easy to use. It is. It really is. I mean, there isn't an adaptation for the phone, and I have tried that, but that would be my recommendation, too, is that when you're looking at a, a photo, always look at it with a critical eye, because I still get caught in the comparison game. There's people who have... People are so good at Instagram, and that's... Yeah. You know, they're great at it, and they're great at editing and creating, um, and with that being said, it's kind of like you got to look at it with a critical eye. It's like... You know, and that's a really I lovely photo, but it's not my fault that my photo doesn't look like that. They're just really good and talented in another way. And I think most of it is editing. And I, I kind totally. of want to, like, tell people that. And I write, I've written many posts about tips on editing if you guys want to go over there to my blog and check that out. But there is so much creativity in the editing process. And it can be so fun. I used to hate editing. Um, and I actually met with several photographers who I would pay to have my sister and I sit down and take editing basically lessons with them. Um, and now I'm finally feeling like I'm in a good place with editing and I really enjoy the process. So I would say if you are interested in, you know, content creating, definitely learn editing, watch YouTube videos. That's a great resource. Um, try and meet up with local photographers and graphic designers and use as many resources as you can because the photos really come to life within the editing process. No, and that's true, and that's, I feel like, a great takeaway is, you know, you you got to develop your own style, and whether you learn from YouTube, just kind of, like, reach out, reach out to your resources. So I'm totally self-taught, but when I look at, you know, I feel like I'm reaching a point now where I wish I could have, like, a different camera, and I feel like, just like you said, that's a great suggestion, is looking at photographers in the area, looking at their style, and if it's a style that you like, just like asking them how they do it. Cause I feel like more often than not, they're more than happy to tell you. Oh, more often than not, they're more than happy to tell you. And I mean, you could always offer to meet up and buy, buy their coffee, buy them a lunch. Um, and I can remember one time I met with a photographer and I was having the hardest time editing and I met with her and I'm like, look, editing's taking me hours and hours. And she's like, what are you using? And I was like, well, I'm using Photoshop and Lightroom. And she was like, well, do you know that you can copy your edits? And I was like, I did not know that. So I was going to each photo and I was editing them individually, but you can edit one photo and then just copy your edits to all 12 or 15 of the photos that you have. 
Um, and that saved me about like three hours. So I would say definitely meet up with local people and they love sharing and teaching as well, because most of the time they're also interested in what you do too. I'm sure, especially with you starting the podcast, people will have so many questions about that industry too. So there's always that kind of a tit for tat, like they can help you with photography advice and then you can help them with social media advice. And that's always a good way collaboration is really key I think in this industry and and to grow it is totally and I also feel at least with photographers if people are looking to meet up and take your suggestion that this time of the year is actually a really great time I think like starting in January just because there's not that many weddings yeah just because it's cold um so obviously summer would be the busiest time for them but they have like a lot of more free time I feel like it's more of a cyclic business um yeah which is amazing but because you can have like some cozy winter time off, but um, I feel like they definitely have a lot more time to to spend and share now. Oh yeah, and I mean, you. I always say ask and then follow up because you'd be surprised. Send an email, ask if they'll meet or if you can collaborate or pitch yourself to a brand. Wait two to four business days. If you don't hear back, follow up. And more likely than not, 90% of the time I get an answer, whether it's a yes or no. Um, But you get a connection too. You actually get to talk to them. And that is so important, building your community, Um, especially as you transfer to to into full time this. It's hard because I'm while I do have support from Matt and my family and my sister and help in creating content. In the end of the day, like, it's just me most of the time working alone, like working at the computer. And it can be almost an isolating job because you're just you, you know, it's just me. Um, I don't have a huge team. Um, So with that being said, it's really great also connecting with people in your area. So you have other people in the industry that you can bounce ideas off of. And for you, especially like do podcast guests and stuff like that it's really important and I'm an introverted person so reaching out can like kind of be daunting but the worst they can say is is no and you will get no's and by this time in my career a no doesn't even affect me it's it kind of just goes right over my head because I've heard it so many times totally and you know what it's just part of living your life and having a career is sometimes the answer is no it's so true but it doesn't mean you shouldn't ask Um, so I don't want to keep you any longer. I feel like I've been chatting your ear off. Um, but I do want to ask you one last question. So if you're going to go to Southern Connecticut and you're going to have a wonderful weekend there, we know what we're going to do and where we're going to stay. What is the one souvenir in Connecticut that you would get to bring back with you? Oh my God. That's so hard. I think I would definitely, oh, well, okay. It's the holidays. So I'm going to give you a holiday answer. I would say if you are going to Central Connecticut and you are in Durham, Connecticut, which is another historical town in Central Connecticut, I would take a stop at this little local boutique called Wild Wisteria. They are on the main street of Durham and they make stunning wreaths. Um, And if you want a holiday wreath, that is by far the best place to go. So I would recommend stopping there getting a reef their reefs last forever they are a little more expensive but that is the one thing i would say if i'm traveling for the holidays i would stop there and get a gift that's perfect i love that all right well thank you so much it was a pleasure talking to you and i hope that you're up in boston soon (laughs) yeah me too that makes two of us i feel like i'm always in new york which is so odd but um yeah i hope i make it to boston soon too All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. That's all we have for today's episode. I think Aubrey gave us the perfect picture of where to go and what to see in Connecticut this season, as well as her unique perspective as a content creator. This episode was jack full of amazing things, and I learned a bunch of things as well. So thank you again, Aubrey. If you have any questions for Aubrey, suggestions of where we should cover next, or any other general inquiries, please feel free to email me on my blog, or just reply in the comments section here. Really appreciate you coming on this voyage journey with me, and I cannot wait to see where this goes. Thanks, guys.